Welcome to episode 46 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. Please subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and of course, family, we are on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm not. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nat. So what are we calling this episode? Be on vacation, don't leave on probation. Okay, all right. We're going to get into that. This is the ratchet moment on spring break. But uh, shout out to our listeners in Madrid, Spain. Hola, que tal, y'all? <laughs> all right, so what we got for this ratchet minute? Uh, <laughs> all right, so real quick, I just want to you know, give Cory Book a quick shout out. You know, he threw his hat in for the presidential bid uh, for, was it 2020? Okay, so, I saw online that he grew a beard. I mean, he got a beard. I mean, he got a girlfriend. Okay, he <laughs> <laughs> did there. So apparently, he's dating Rosario Dawson. How convenient! What? <laughs> Wait, now I'm missing the shade. Why? What? What's what's convenient? What's the thing with her? Didn't she have twins? Maybe that's not her. I don't think she has any kids? But Cory Booker is 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 there's a rumor that Cory Booker is is gay and has been gay. <laughs> you know, oh. he's, um, he's the mayor the mayor of Newark. He's Newark, 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 New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey. So you know, he's been single all his political career, and you know, now that I don't think there's really there's I think there's only been one president who has been uh, non married, unmarried. So right. that, you know, his his camp came to him and was like, you got to get a girlfriend from somewhere. So they, they didn't they didn't hire Rosario Dawson to, to fill in the uh the slide. So he got all <laughs> in his beard. <laughs> I see what I see what you did there. <laughs> well, you know what? More power. I feel like there's something about what is there something about her? Maybe I'm mixing her up with another another actress. Maybe do a quick Google. Check Isn't she gay? Hit the Google. No, I don't know. Uh, I know she's she's had a couple of high, in quotation marks, um, air quotes profile. You know, men that she's dated, um, like that. You know, that were in the industry, but I haven't heard that she was gay. But you never know with these people. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. So you know more power to my we we celebrate. Uh, I want to call him black love, but maybe uh, yellow love. Well, <laughs> just, I mean, can we? I mean, she's Puerto Rican and Cuban, and I mean. She's Latina, but is she black? I don't know. They're both both yellow. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, well, shout Shout out out to Beige Love. Shout out to Beige Love. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I wanted to give the recap so far of Spring Break in Miami, which has been at the height of ratchetry um, thus far. So uh, as all you know, like I live in the Miami area. So this year, Miami has been the city of choice for all the spring breakers. So basically they come and invade the city for like the whole month of March. So, so far the city has been taken over by fights, drama and all kind of ratchet behavior because it has all been caught on cell phones and surveillance videos and uploaded to social media for our viewing pleasure. Have you seen some of these videos? 
Girl, no. The, the fuckery that is going on in the streets is ridiculous. But you know, it's all because of these cell phones. Like you see everything. I don't know what it is with these cat fights. I don't know what it is with these girls fighting in the streets. I mean, tearing off clothes, pulling out weaves, all kinds of stuff. So when you, girl, just put a hashtag in, in IG, um, oh, oh. <laughs> Spring Break Miami, and you'll see it. So anyway, um, so the police are out in full force. They had to actually like put, what they say, all hands on deck to to show this growing problem. And it's it's black and white kids. It's, it's everybody. So they even have this blimp that is floating around on the beach watching people. Like, oh, it's, it's crazy. So according to Miami statistics, more than a thousand people have been arrested for lewd behavior and violence just over the past weekend, over the last couple of days. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so police are reminding visitors that it's better to be on vacation than leave on probation because they said they're really stepping it up and um, any kind of uh, ratchetry will be handled um, legally. So I went out over the weekend. I tried to stay in Brickell, which is, you know, south of South Beach. And I'm sorry, north of South Beach um, at the W Hotel. I thought I was going to be able to avoid all the ratchetry. But oh no, honey. Oh no. <laughs> First of all, I went, you know, W has like their upstairs, you know, rooftop. But anyway, so it's a, it was a pool party. Evidently, I didn't get the memo that it was a lingerie party. So all the women, all the girls had to have on lingerie. And girl, oh, wow. some, some of this lingerie was not from Victoria's Secret. I don't, I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know where and I don't know who, how and when. So, and I'm looking at these people and I'm like, what college did you go to? <laughs> Where's the school at? I mean, Phoenix University. <laughs> Shout out to Phoenix University. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But girl, I'm like, I don't know what university or college of higher learning y'all y'all are going to, because it just looked like a freak fest. So you know, it had me thinking for a minute. I was like, man, we would never like this. Girl, I don't know. but your your memory's shady. <laughs> well, no, I had to come to the realization that we were like this as far as with the drinking and the brawling, the girl fights and the police. It's just we did not have cell phones to record it and have memories of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to rely on our brain cells to remember some of the fuckery that went on when we were growing up. So, I, you know, I remember going to, vac- you know, coming down to South Beach when back in the day, that's all I knew. Like you come to Miami, all you're doing is going to South Beach right on Ocean Avenue and Collins and hanging out. Um, I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. I remember going to, to Freaknik back in the day. First they had it in Atlanta and then they tried to move it to like Jones Beach in New York and different places. And um, didn't we go to like the the Philly, Philly Freaknik? Something like that. Uh, I mean, I used to go to, to the um to the Greek in Philly um years and years and years ago. Yeah, I feel like we went. We used to we used to do that. So I mean, you know, you get a bunch of young people together with a lot of alcohol. You know, shit shit did go down. So I, I you know, I had to be real with myself because I was like, I, we would never like this. <laughs> we were like, exactly like that. You just didn't have Instagram. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you can bring all the fuckery into the privacy of your own home right mm-hmm. now. Right now on your phone. So shout out to all the revelers in in Miami and, you know, spring breakers out doing a spring break in, um, you know, just please don't go home with a party. Huh? I said, have fun. Be safe. I know. Yeah. Don't don't come home with a record. That's all we're trying to say out here. (laughs) 
please. Come back please. with all your edges. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave your edges in Miami. <laughs> Because oh, man, these these bitches out here were snatching wigs off oh, of girl, girl. like ooh, hard. <laughs> like all that got to be glue you got on, mm-mm, it ain't working. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Pink weave everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, your titties out, out. <laughs> Okay, I'm done here. <laughs> it's it's been very amusing. Uh, I'm I'm like, mm, okay, all right, moving on, moving on. Oh, where where are we? So we at the woke minute. It's kind of woke and ratchet at the same time, but uh, we're at the woke minute. Okay. So um, I'm I'm pretty sure everyone has heard about this uh this emission scandal. Um, that has been um, now they call it Operation Varsity Blues. It's the, it's the largest college admission admissions um, prosecuted by the Department of Justice. This wow. is insane. This is insane. So um, it's been all in the news, all on my timeline. Everyone's talking about it. So how it actually started? I kind of did um, was digging into uh, the research. Mm-hmm. It actually was started by this guy named Maury Tobin. I think that's how you pronounce his first name. He's like quote unquote, a financial fraudster who I guess he was under some sort of investigation by the feds. Right. And to kind of get from under that, he um, he wore a wire and he, you know, he tipped off the feds and wore a wire and uh, met up with a Yale, another Yale graduate, um, Rudy Meredith, who was actually in charge of like uh, the, the women's soccer, soccer team. team. Yeah, yeah. At Yale. So under this, this wiretap, he solicited $450,000 from him in exchange for recommending Tobin's daughter for admission as an athlete recruit. Oh. Girl, so that that just blew the roof off, off, off of all of it. So apparently, like, the mastermind of this is this guy named William Rick Singer, who has this charity. And through <laughs> this charity, he has all these, like, over 751 different like wealthy families that come to him trying to get their kids into like these you know prestigious colleges they do everything from like um you know faking like um sat reports or having people take the test for them Mm -hmm. um, writing essays um they even create like um these fake you know these fake athletes so they I saw like having her having her daughter be uh, on the soccer team, knowing good and well she is not soccer inclined at all. Like right, right. So they're like having like these photo shoots <laughs> of these kids out there playing. photoshopping their faces. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. So you know, two of the out of the out of the fifty families they like targeted, they can actually pin you know pin down for this crime. Two of these uh, uh, these people are like high profile actresses. One is uh, Lori Loughlin, who was on um, Fuller House. Full House. Full House. She was Jesse's baby mama, right? She was the wife. Yeah, she was the wife. And 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 then Felicity Hoffman, who was on Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. Yep. So apparently, like Lori Loughlin, she had two daughters that wanted that were she was trying to get them into the University of Southern California. They actually got in. They they, 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 they,
And actually, when it when it's all hit the fan, her youngest daughter was actually on the like the yacht of the chair of the the chair of the board when this all like you know all went down. So she paid him five hundred thousand dollars to get her two kids into school. It's crazy. Wow, it's insane. So this man is going down. He's going all the way down. And if you go, like if you Google um, and just go on the internet, there's so many stories of like this kind of thing happening. I've read articles on like um, this person who like moonlights as like a, um, she writes like, she helps college bound students write their essays to get into college. And she's right. like, you know, it's, it's, it's insane, like, some of the stuff that goes on to get these kids, these mediocre kids, into, like, high-profile schools. Like, these are super mediocre kids. Unbelievable. Right. Because that one, what's it, uh, uh, um, Coughlin's, what's her name? The daughter. Like, her thing is you, YouTube. She's, like, a YouTube channel. Yeah. And she's been dropped from everything. Sephora dropped her. With Lori Lachlan, she was on like those Hallmark uh, movies. They dropped her. Dropped her. Uh, she's been dropped from the last season of Fuller House. Like everything is imploding for them. And it's not only Lori Lachlan, it's her husband too. Her husband is Massimo Giannulli, mm -hmm. who, if you go into Target, you see all his clothes. I have some of those shirts. My, the Massimo. He has, he has the nerve to spew that whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've seen so many interviews where they go back in the day and they talk about Laughlin and Huffman just saying, oh, they pay for their kids' education and, you know, she wants this better life for her kids and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is what you're doing? You backdooring, mm -hmm. your, like you said, mediocre kids, pushing them through the back door. Mm -hmm. and, in, and, you know, in, in the meantime, you know, we have, you remember that story about those eight educators down in Atlanta? They got yep. convicted for a conspiracy. They boosted like the test scores for their students. I'm in Fulton County. Yeah, Fulton Atlanta. County. Yep. Yep. And then there's also been some other high profile cases of some, you know, black women who have something as simple as using a different address to get their kids into a better school. And they get jail time. Yeah. Well, this this is we are now talking about this is the FBI. When they talk about the Department of Justice, you're talking about the FBI investigation, like they're, they're going to do some serious time. There's no there's no plea deals, you know. I'm very curious. You know, I'm curious to see what kind of treatment they're actually going to get. Because, you know, we haven't even seen any of their um, their uh, their mugshots. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. I have, I, but, you know, I did see the video of Felicity Huffman when they arrested her in the morning at the house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's married to William H. Macy. Right. The dad on Shameless. Right. Mm -hmm. so came to the house at like what five thirty a.m. Woke the whole damn family up and arrested her. So right. you don't know like police. <laughs> see that, but I mean, it's crazy. I was just reading. So the the guy that led this whole ring of you know I can get your I can get your kids into school. In his bank account, he had five million dollars in it. Yeah. $5 million. That's probably like the tip of the iceberg. I'm pretty sure he had plenty of more money. You know, and it's just like, where do you draw the line? You know, it's one thing you want your kids to be competitive and have an edge and get into the best schools. But where do you, what, where do you draw the line? Cause this is, this is so fraudulent. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, when you talk about aggressive parenting and, you know, wanting the best for your kids, I get it. But um, conspiracy and money laundering and racketeering and racketeering and obstruction of justice in the process is a problem. Yeah. 
for the sake of your kids. Even mm-hmm. Who gonna go to school and fuck up anyway? No. <laughs> go fuck all like, your money up. Like, like the daughters on yachts and on YouTube talking about, I don't like school. That's, I, <laughs> I'm going to school for, the, for game day. <laughs> <laughs> game day and the parties. <laughs> this is this is so eye-opening, though. Like, it's, it's really, it is eye-opening. You know, for those of us that, you know, had to rest upon our... You know the money that we had mm-hmm. and our grades yep. to get into school. You know, mm-hmm. and taking the damn SATs your goddamn self. I would have never even thought of paying somebody to take the exam for me. Yeah, Felicity Hoffman. She paid fifteen thousand dollars. Well, she actually paid fifteen thousand dollars for um for her kid to get unlimited time taking the SAT. So but, so she could bring it home. Right. She actually she considered, she considered having someone take it for her, but she said, you know, she thought about it and she said, you know, if, if yeah, I go the back daughter home, was like, No, I want to take I want to take it. Well, she now, was saying, she was saying that, you know, she thought about, you know, if, if her daughter gets, you know, this score and then she comes back with a whole other, you know, a whole bigger score, how was she gonna explain that to the girl's tutor? Or whoever was tutoring her, like how she gonna, you know, how she gonna justify that big jump? <laughs> an extra point, you know, oh, you, oh, you smart, smart. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I also read that um, another parent had paid like millions of dollars to get their kid into a school. That's I did. Crazy. I did read that. Like, wow, it's, what what happened to the olden days? Just sit down and and study for the entrance exam and, and just get in. And, and it also called it to question, um, Donald, uh, Trump's daughter was Ivanka, Ivana, Ivanka, her boy, her husband actually is like a, a, a Harvard graduate. I think it's from Harvard. And, you know, it, it said that his grades and his SAT scores were subpar. There's, you know, <laughs> how did he get into Harvard? <laughs> wow. Mm, they're going to take it back. See, so this, Oh, white privilege at its best. For real, at its best. So we, we, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this is gonna play out. Who actually is gonna go to jail? Is, is, is uh, Fuller House gonna go to jail? Is Aunt Becky? What's her name? Becky. Becky <laughs> going to jail. Right? I used to love Becky because didn't she have, um, didn't she have twins on, on the show? Yeah, twins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was one of those shows I used to watch on Fridays. I hated every minute of it, but I always watched it. Same it thing. So yep. We see that. We're like, what am I watching this? It's so, so corny. corny. It was so <laughs> corny. Jeez, so corny. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that a lot with there's a, there's a couple of shows I will sit and watch the whole thing and be like, why did I do that? This was mm-hmm. so corny, but I did it. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, um, you so, know, hope they get what they deserve. That's what yeah. I, that's what I'm gonna say. It was All right, moving along. All right, so moving on, I wanted to ask a question to our listeners and to you guys. So do you think black people can be racist? No. Okay, well, you know, I've been in light of, I don't know if you've heard about this story, but on Saturday, a video surfaced on IG uh, on the comedian and actress, you know, Jess Hilarious. Yeah. Is she from Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's from Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, it was from Baltimore. Um, Jess Hilarious. She's also the actress on Rel on that on that um, TV show. So she posted a video on her IG where she documented four men in turbans boarding the plane that she was on. So she called them Muslims, but they were actually six. So in the video, you can hear her in a very panicked voice, you know, with her camera on them, like, where are they going? Where are they going? 
you know, so she's obviously she's in panic mode. She's talking about these dudes. And, um, you know, it was very like, I, I don't, I, you know, the whole thing was, can she, it sounded very racist to me. Mm-hmm. So well, she goes, well, go ahead. Cause I wanted to say what she said after she's at, you know, she got a lot of flack for her post mm-hmm. on Instagram. So she kind of doubled down. She said, quote unquote, if I'm scared, I'm scared. She said, fuck y'all. Fuck how y'all feel. Y'all mad at me because I don't side with every other black person because I don't side with every other race. Fuck y'all, end quote. She said, I feel how I feel. I feel threatened and that was it. I'm not flying there. We were evacuated, bitch. Why? Why with no reason explained at all? No technical difficulties or nothing. Y'all gonna listen to Jess with the mess one day because my news is real. So at one point, what happened was everybody was told to, you know, get off the plane and then they, they deboarded the plane and then they got back on. So once reboarded, she gets on IG and she posts, she's like, I noticed that the men with the, the Muslims, which they weren't Muslims, they were six, um, weren't on the plane anymore. So she, she goes like, how ironic, you know, I don't see those people anymore. So, and, and then she said, eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this incident happened really, you know, the day after, you know, the tragedy in New Zealand where that terrorist, you know, attacked and, you know, targeted and attacked two mosques um, and he killed dozens of worshipers. So we're already, you know, at the height of this whole white supremacy thing, because if you look at the dude that shot up the um, the mosque in New Zealand, he said, quote unquote, that the that Trump is the symbol of white supremacy for him. So, you know, we already got issues with this Islamophobia. Um, you know, I, I, she also got back on Instagram and she says, I'm not racist. She said, because I have, quote, unquote, Muslims in my family. Girl, well, that that's dumb what she just said. But re- really, back to your original question, can black people, yeah. black people be racist? I say no. We can be prejudiced, but we can't be racist because racist is a, a, a system that is put in place to hold people down. We ain't got no systems of holding nobody down. <laughs> so we can't be racist, but we can absolutely be prejudiced. Okay, and I, I agree with that. Um, racism and prejudice is that one is one. You can be racist because you can be prejudiced and be a racist, but you can't be a race. You well, I said that wrong. Sorry. Um, you can be prejudiced, which I think she is exhibiting here. Um, mm-hmm. Very prejudicial, xenophobia. You know, when you have an, an issue with, um, you know, a person's skin color or you know, how it's racial profiling. I don't care how you, how you cut it. And, you know, it's funny to me because as a, as a, as a black woman who who travels and you see all different kinds of people, I almost feel, you know, sometimes when you see them with their turbans, I feel like um, a connection almost to them because I feel like, you know, we, we're all of this, this kind of um, minority um, out here just trying to live and trying to better ourselves. So I always felt like a connection. Have you ever felt that way? Um, uh, no. at, at, at one point, I think I did. But I, you, let me tell you, the first person that ever called me a nigga to my face was an Indian person from India. You did tell me this when yeah. you were little. So, I, you know, I think in a, in a perfect world, I think, all the people, the I don't even want to call them minorities. The people of color were kind of like, you know, band together and become one and unified. But I think there is a thing of being, being a per, being a black person, being a person of color is two different things. Because a lot of these, um, these mm-hmm. different cultures, different peoples, they they do a lot to separate themselves from black people. So, you know, 
I don't I don't necessarily feel like feel like kinship. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't feel it all the time, but, um, but I, but I have, I'm just, you know, looking like, wow, they got it. Sometimes they have it worse than us, especially tra in traveling. I'm just talking about traveling, whether they're Sikhs or Muslims to me, it always seemed like they had the scrutiny worse than we did. So I, that's why I felt like, you know, sort of, as you say, a kinship to them, because, you know, that profiling, it, 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 it can work all different kinds of ways, but you know, the whole thing is like any sort of racial profiling has to end, you know, whether you're black, brown, like you said, there's people of color and then there's black people. Um, you know, it's just, we all display the same sort of cognitive dissonance, you know, mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, someone may not practice the same religion that you do, or they come from a different culture, you know, it, it creates that, that feeling of, you know, different is, is bad and different is not right. And different means I need to protect myself against it. And mm -hmm. that's something, you know, I believe that we should be combating that, that we should be ending. So, you know, I, I don't appreciate her video because it, you know, mass hysteria, like of all people, a black woman, and you know, as she's posting this video, her head is wrapped up. She got a scarf on her head. She said you know, a lot of dumb stuff. She she said maybe last year, year before last, she said she doesn't support black businesses or some some mess. She whatever, girl, shut up. Yeah, that's what the mess. Right. Okay. Well, she better watch herself, you know, because this it's the same sort of profiling and prejudice that she's displaying is the same one that's going to, she's trying to make her way through Hollywood mm -hmm. and we all know what the setup is out there. So, you know, she needs to watch her, watch what she says. Yeah. Because you, know, you never know you, you offending a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. And this happens when you, when you do things like that, when you burn a bridge, mm -hmm. there's going to be a point in your life when you're going to need to cross that bridge that you burnt up. Everything is not, even if she may have felt that way and felt her safety was in jeopardy or, you know, felt insecure about the situation, everything does not need to be a, um, an Instagram moment or a Twitter moment. Thank you. She could have yeah. just not, not done that, <laughs> you know? So part of the things that it, it, it may have been, um, you know, part of a publicity just to kind of, you know, have her name uh, out here in the uh, cyber world. I don't know. Girl it was messy. Yeah. But anyway, moving on from her, sis. Yeah. Where we at? Uh, where we at? Are we are we the dick report? What? Because I used to be scared of the dick. Now <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to shit. Handling like a real bitch. Oh, yeah. Cousin Hunter. Janet Jack me took it in the bud. Yes, yes, wood. <laughs> All right, so we are at the weekend D report. All righty, my week. So that's an This is an interesting uh, situation. I'm, you know, I'm, some people have been in this, this situation that I know personally. <laughs> okay, so let me go ahead and get to it. Um, I have been with my, I've been with my boyfriend, my ex boyfriend, on and off for a few years. During our last break, I met someone else, and we instantly were inseparable. About a month or so into the relationship, I found that I was pregnant and I wasn't quite sure who the father was because there was a little bit of overlap slightly. Um, I immediately let my new guy know and he says he doesn't care if he's the father or not. He wants to be a family. He wants to sign the birth certificate and he doesn't want the, um, the old guy, my ex, to know about the baby. I don't agree with him. Um, I still want to be with him, but I think the other guy should know that you know he potentially has a kid on the way. 
Um, what should I do? Should I should I go with my boyfriend and just kind of move on with our lives, or should you know play any mini mighty mo? Catch baby daddy by the toe. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay. Um. So you know, I just I, I really feel like you know it's my body, my choice. If she feels like she needs to tell. You know the the other candidate. Let them know, because eventually, you know that baby's gonna come, and a DNA test will reveal all. So, I, you know, one thing. Shout out to the present, the guy that's present in her life, the 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 um the new one who is just like, I don't care. It's my baby, and don't tell. For real. For wow, real. Shout, you know, shout out. I, that's commendable, because I, you know, that that's a special type of man right there. Mm -hmm. I would even consider that. So and I think know. that's and I think that's kind of where she is. Is like I have such a good guy. You know, she doesn't want to go against what he's saying because he's a good guy. Like not too many men out here are willing to raise a baby that's not theirs, you know? This is especially, especially baby that's not even here. You know, it's different when you when you meet a woman and she already has her kids and you come in and you be the stepfather. That's different. But this baby is just stays just stating in her in her womb right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's like, you know, this is this is my baby. This is my family. Let's let's ride this thing out. So it's a, it's kind of a tough situation. And like you said, you know, it's her body, her choice. Um, but you know, I don't know. This this is a difficult one for me. Yeah, I mean, I, think it's, I, I you know, I, I think if she approaches it with the with the other potential baby daddy, if I'm saying it correctly, and you know, just let them know what the situation is. I've moved on. I'm with someone. This, but this may be your child, and I, you know, I figured maybe you have a right to know, or you'd want to know. Um, either way, it's you know, well, yeah, it's it, and it can get messy because if he actually wants to be a part, if it, he is the father. That's one, yeah. and then he actually wants to be a part of this child's life. Then, then you got, you got, you got problems. Yeah, and I think that's that's where that's where the you know the new guy is like. I, I think that's why he has a stance like he just wants to you know have this family and move forward because you know bringing in two fathers to a new new baby, and this is you know the re the relationship is is brand new, you know pretty much. So it could be very messy, you know. So I don't know. It could. I don't know. This is a tough one. Um, this is this is really a tough one, actually. I don't know what to do, girl. <laughs> girl I, I would be over here with my with my notebook and my charts and trying to figure out when <laughs> when, I, when I ovulated, when we had sex. I would I would try to pinpoint it down to the very last detail. And you know, I would really want to know who's the father, like even from, from, yeah. from a personal standpoint. So I, I probably would ride the whole pregnancy out. And then once the baby get here, I think I would do a DNA test and don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, and then if it, you know, if it comes back, comes back that it's the new get, if it's your new booze baby, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of laws work as they look at a father as a, a prima facie father so in legal terms what that means is if you hold yourself out to be the father of the child even if a dna test reveals later down the line that you're not you will still pay child support you will still be obligated with taking care of that child because the the law is always what is in the child's best interest so if that child knows you or recognize you or understands that you are the father then it doesn't matter what a blood test says so for her new guy in her life if 
you know, if he wants to establish that he's the father, just treat the child as, as your own. Because after a while, and then usually it's like a within a year, after a year, that child is yours, whether blood says it's, it is or it isn't. So I have a quick question. So say if she just, if she goes along with the new guy and becomes a family, he, for all intents and purposes, he is the child's father. What mm -hmm. if they split up and he's like, doesn't want to have anything to do with the kid? What what's her what's her um what can she do at that point? Can she go back and it's and it happens to be the uh, the old guy's baby? What and, can she do? Right, but whose name is on the birth certificate? So I'm assuming it's the new guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His name is on the birth certificate. He held himself out as the father for a period of time. Most judges would say he's the father. It doesn't matter what a DNS a DNA test says. I've had it happen. I've seen it happen in court a lot of times where same scenario that you're saying, you know, the, the father wasn't the biological father, but he bought diapers. He, you know, presented the kid as his son or his daughter. And then, you know, when the parents broke up, then he's like, I don't want, I'm, she took him down to court, pay child support. He's like, I don't want to pay child support. It's not my kid. I, you know, his DNA test. They're like, Nope, you have taken care of this child and it's the child's best interest. We're not going to defather a child who believes he has a father. The laws, the law usually doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it takes some time. It's it usually established with, you look at circumstantial evidence. So you look at the birth certificate, whose name is on a birth certificate, who does the child believe is the father, is his, his or her father? Um, what are, you know, did the, did this person buy anything for the baby? You know, a, mm -hmm. uh, look, I've seen a box of diapers establish parenthood for a father, just, just being consistent <laughs> in buying diapers every, you know, when the baby needed it, we'll do it. So, wow. So yeah. how long does it, do you have to sign the birth certificate at, at the hospital? Can you do it later on? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to have a father on it at all. You can actually you can do it later on. Most states will will allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. So you know, no name has to be on there. But you know, if she's if she's thinking ahead and she's smart, she's gonna want the new baby daddy to be the the new the the one that wants to actually be a part. His mm -hmm. name needs to be on that birth certificate. Seriously. There you go. In in, in my in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I'm not thinking of finances. I'm just thinking of the one who feels most obligated. Although the other one has no knowledge, but I'm assuming the one that feels obligated is the one you want on the birth certificate. He feels like that he wants to hold his child out as his own. And you know, it's a, it's a chance that it could be his actual biological child all the better. All right, girl. That's what I am. That's what I am. That's what you are with it. Yeah, but I, I, I knows we could be out here be messy and things happen, but this that's a real that's a real situation. Mm -hmm. It sure it sure is, and it's happened to a couple of people that I know. Same thing here. <laughs> we, got, we got two baby daddies. <laughs> I mean, I, I oh, I can tell some stories. <laughs> I too can tell some stories too. But girl, so yeah, um, I you know I think like you said, I think she should write it out with the guy, but. I think I I would want to know. I would I would test that baby. Yeah, and I think and she, and she can. You know, it's so much, look. You can buy the kid off of Amazon. It's so easy to do. You know, well, so well, and well, I and probably well, curiosity. I would want to know too. Mm -hmm. Just to, just to be sure. Yep. All right. There you go. All right. Hopefully, we gave some pretty good advice. I yeah. think. All right. Moving on. 
I believe we are at the I reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce. All right. So this week is my reminisce. I want to take y'all back to 1990 when the man with the polka dots, Kwame, came out with Only You off his second album, A Day in the Life, A Polkadelic Adventure. So what I loved about this whole album, I mean, I remember I was probably like, I don't even think, I think I was in middle school. Yeah, this is um, It was, the whole album chronicled the day in the life of a high school student. So if you remember the videos, he was like big with the polka dots. And I just remember I went, I went to 125th Street in Harlem and I bought what I thought was the flyest polka dot top and skirts. Yes, girl, it was like a white and black polka dot tennis skirt with a matching shirt and you couldn't tell me nothing. So um, so Kwame was one thing that made that stood you know stood out was he had a band called the New Beginning. And I mean they were basically like a whole band backing him. So I remember they had the horns and the trombones, you know, and that was really unusual to see for like before his time. Before his time. Yes. And you know, while at that time everybody was wearing like the chunk jewelry and you know the the Adidas, like he would have on three-piece suits you know like zoot suits like it was with the with the Dwayne Wade flip glasses mm-hmm. and, and the um the Gumby the haircut the Gumby so shout out to Kwame I also remember back in the day I used to be on a party line with him like you know it was like remember the party line like you connect and be like eight or ten phone calls everybody's on the phone mm-hmm. and he would be coming there him and redhead kingpin and they were so nasty i used to love redhead kingpin oh my god he was so cute i love him but they were so nasty and they would like battle each other to say like the nastiest things to the girls and we'd be on the phone just laughing so <laughs> I, rem- I remember that Kwame you used to be on the on the party. So shout out to Kwame, only you, 1990. That was the shit. I remember when the girl sang, I was like, I don't think she could sing, but okay. I think they got married. They were a couple. Oh really? I think they got divorced. Right. Yeah, they were divorced. Yeah, but they were they were a couple. Um and I remember thinking the same thing, like, why did y'all choose her to sing? <laughs> I raised, I can sing too. That's why I was like, I should be in this video. That was a joke though. Only you. Yep. All right. All right. Where are we at? So we're at the part of our show called Support Black Businesses. All right. Yep. And this is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness of products and services made for us by us. So this week I am highlighting a Brooklyn based um, company called Paul's in the city. It's a unique pet emporium that caters to your canine and feline loved ones. Um, So I guess they do like um, pet daycare. Um, 
They have a top of the line grooming salon. They have custom made boarding um, hotels, dog walking services, in-house pet sitting services, and free food delivery services. Wow. The Crown Heights area and nearby residents. So check them out. They are in Brooklyn. Their address is 754 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. And their website is pauseinthecitynyc.com. Check them out. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. All right, y'all, so we've come to the end of the show. Really? You can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and Spotify. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can DM us there. Visit That's What I'm Saying, the podcast.com to learn more. Send us questions and comments. And of course, now who do we always shout out? We always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram and Twitter. Um, he also has a podcast called Hip Hop Now. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Take care, y'all.